0: Welcome to the Strong Men, Strong Marriages podcast. Here, we are on a mission to get strong, get attractive, and get the marriage of our dreams. I'm your host, Mike Frazier. Let's do this. All right, men, welcome to today's episode. We're going to be talking about how to sell your wife on the new you. So, focusing in on guys who are really in a rough spot, right? That they're about to separate, maybe already separated, um, you know, divorces on the horizon. Your wife wants to leave. Maybe there's been infidelity on either side and you're trying to kind of show your wife that you're a new person. There's a reason why that doesn't work. And we're going to get into it today and what you can do instead. So I want you to imagine you're going to a used car lot, okay? And you meet a salesman there. So this salesman, we'll call him Salesman One, he comes and shows you a car. You know, he tells you how amazing it is. You know, he draws attention to the leather seats. He'll you know, look at these, the sound system. Look, that's new. All this works so well. You know, he tells you, you know, sure, there's a few problems, but it's nothing that can't be easily fixed. Okay, don't even worry about it. Look, there's even a mechanic I can recommend if anything goes wrong, you go to him, he'll take care of you, mention my name. Right? So, look at all these good things. You know, don't worry about these little bad things. You know, sure there's a few cracks, there's a few stains, you know, there's uh, you know, the gas mileage isn't maybe quite as much as it says it is, but like look at all these really good things. Overall, this is just a great car and just don't worry about uh, oh yeah. The, the key too. sometimes it's hard to open. Um, sometimes it doesn't quite start right, but you know, overall amazing car. And again, go to my mechanic if you've got any issues. So do you trust this guy? Right. You don't trust him because you can see that really, he doesn't care much about you. He just wants to make the sale. Okay. He's minimizing all the negatives. He's maximizing all the positives to try to convince you to go ahead and buy this car. Again, the key here, guys, is this salesman, the reason you don't like him, the reason you don't trust him is because he doesn't actually care if you get a good car or not. All he really cares about is that you buy this, right? So that he can, you know, get his commission and kind of move on to the next person. So that's why you don't really like that person, that salesman. All right. So, you know, you decide, man, I just don't really feel comfortable with that guy. I'm going to go to a different car lot. So you go across town and you meet salesman two. So he comes up and he shows you, uh, you know, a car that you've been looking up and right off the bat, he says, Hey, you know, listen, sir, this car, it's, it's been in an accident. And let me show you right here on the bumper. You know, here's a few cracks. And in fact, you didn't even notice those cracks at first, but you know, this guy shows you, you know, do you see those there? And you're like, Oh no, I don't quite see them. Well, right here, you know, get out the magnifying glass, look the right there. Um, you know, so there's he's got some, it's got some issues because of that. Now there's no, um, you know, real structural problems because of that. And we have the report here you can look at. Um, but just so you know, it definitely has been an accident. So then, you know, you start looking inside and you're like, man, this looks pretty nice. But he says, Hey, look, I want to draw your attention to here's a couple stains on this seat here. And also like, here's a little crack, you know, maybe you didn't see that some people don't, but I just want to make sure you see, you know, that this does have some issues inside. So like, okay, yeah, I, I can see that. And then you start test driving the car and he says, Hey, listen, you know, I've driven this car and it does pull to the left a little bit, you know, see if you notice that as you're driving. So he points out all those things and he also points out the good features of the car, right? He says, look, gets great gas mileage, you know, new paint tires are new. Okay. There's some good things about this car and there's some bad things about it. So look, look, You know, I just want you to understand the good and the bad and make a decision. Do you feel good about, about this car? If you don't like this car, I can show you some other ones. So how about this salesman, right? Do you trust him? Okay. Are you more likely to buy a car from this guy? Definitely. And why is that? Because he actually cares about you, right? He wants to make sure you get a good car. So how does this apply to you trying to save your marriage? So a lot of men, they act like salesman one when they're trying to save their marriage. They tell their wife that they've changed. Okay, So they say, look, you know, if there was an affair, they're going to say something like, oh yeah, you know, that was in the past and now I'm different. But the other thing that they do that's a real problem is they'll say something like, well, you know, she thinks that I had affairs with all these other women, but it really was only one. So you know, basically... You say, yeah, there's stains on there, but they're not three inches big. They're two inches big. Okay. You're being that salesman that they don't trust, right? You're the car and you're trying to minimize all the problems and your wife does not trust you. Okay. You, you argue with her about the details. Well, you know, she wasn't wearing this. She was wearing this, or it didn't happen three times. It happened two times. Okay. It wasn't for four months it was for two months. Okay. You argue those details. You tell her she's overreaching. Okay. All of that, it only works to have her trust you less. Okay. To think that you actually care about her even less, right? You're the car. Okay. So you're trying to minimize all the negatives she's going to magnify them. She's going to see them even more. Okay, again, it's like saying, Oh yeah, that, that's stain on the seat. You said it's three inches, but really it's only two inches big. Okay. So if, if you're in a situation where you were neglectful from your wife, like prioritizing your work over her for a long time, uh, you know, forgetting about her, not doing those little things, checking in with her. And she just got sick of it. Maybe she turned to somebody else that would kind of do that for her. So guys like this, they'll say stuff like, sure. I wasn't at home much, but look at all the good things I did for you. Look at the lifestyle provided. Yeah. You wouldn't have had that, those nice clothes and that nice car. If it wasn't for me, I was out working for our family. So not only not recognizing the negative, but like basically saying, well, don't worry about that. Cause look at all that good that I did. Okay. The other thing, this is one that a lot of times guys don't even see, especially high achieving guys, you know, the type of guys I work with, uh, guys that are professionals, that are businessmen, that are, uh, you know, in sales executives, that kind of thing. You're used to being sort of on the top, right? Cream of the crop. And a lot of times what, what we do is we, Take that into our marriage, and we try to be the best, and we try to kind of one up our wife in ways that are sometimes a little bit subtle. Okay. So maybe with money, you know, we make the money and we feel good about that, but we also kind of put her in a below us position. Okay. Like, yeah, I'm making the money. And so you should be grateful that I'm providing this for you. Okay. That's taking a one up position and putting her one down. Okay. With sex, maybe feeling like it's owed to you for the stuff that you've done. Okay. Or saying, well, I'm, at, you know, I'm just more sexually mature, right? I'm more adventurous than my wife. Okay, one up, one down. She doesn't like that. That's not good. This is a big problem with the car. This is like not having a door on the car, okay? This is like the engine only starts one out of four times, okay? That's how big of a problem this one-up thing is. It's just more, it's a little bit harder to see sometimes, okay? Maybe like a, a transmission problem, right? That maybe you don't notice at first, but then it just gets, becomes a real issue. Or maybe with in-laws, my, my in-laws are better than yours. Uh, parenting, my parenting ideas are better than yours. Religion, my religion's better than yours. Housework, well, you know, I do more than my share or it's your job anyway, you should be doing it, okay? So all of that one-up kind of thinking, again, if you're a high man, you're used to being in that position, which is good. It helps you at work. It just doesn't really help you at home. Okay, again, this this whole argument, right? Saying like, okay, yeah, the motor won't start one out of four times, but listen, three out of four times it does start. <laughs> okay. That's basically what you're doing with this. And what you're showing her is look, all I care about is making the sale. I don't really care whether I'm a good car or not. I just want you to buy me, right? I just want you to come with me, see the good stuff, forget about the bad stuff. And let's just kind of move, move forward. Let's go for this. Okay. It's, it's showing your true colors that look, you're not trying to fix the car. You're just trying to have her buy it. Right, saying, "Look, it's sure there's issues, but it's it's really a good car." What men think they're doing, right, when they're doing this, is they think they're correcting their their wife's beliefs okay? that she's kind of keeping this balance. sheet, like a pros and cons. Okay, here's the good things about my husband. Here's the bad things. Okay, and so what you are trying to do is you're trying to say, okay, like she's got a list of bad things. Let me just like make that list of good things bigger. Okay. Let me make that pros list bigger. And if I can do that, then I'm going to be in her good graces, right? Or you start doing nicer things or you start writing notes and doing all of that. Um, And you think, okay, like the goods going to outweigh the bad. And then, you know, she'll kind of lean my way. Like it's a balance sheet. Okay. So you try to rack up those and then you, 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 sort of try to erase the stuff on the bad side. So you said, okay, she thought that I had an affair three times, but if I can convince her that it was only two times, then like that'll kind of lessen that. And then these good things can outweigh it. You know, again, you're kind of thinking in terms of a balance sheet. And so, you know, this is what you think you're doing and logically it kind of makes sense, but it just doesn't work. <laughs> okay. Unfortunately, the only thing this does is decrease her trust in you. You know, she's saying, what is with this guy? Like he's, he's trying to tell me, you know, I'm wrong about the bad things about him. I know there's bad things about him. So why does he keep trying to convince me that there's not bad things about him? Like, I know this car has problems. Why is he trying to tell me it doesn't? Okay. She stops trusting you. It also decreases her attraction to you. Okay. Cause as long as you're trying to mask all those bad things, she's even looking at them harder, right? So if you're like, Oh yeah, there's a scratch there, but don't worry about it. She's going to go look at that scratch with a magnifying glass, right? She's going to look at it closely. And then she's going to say, you know, what's with this guy? What else is he hiding? Right. She also has zero confidence that you're actually going to change. And why is that? Look, so I'm a, I'm a doctor, right? I was trained. I went through medical school what we do is we look for something, we diagnose it so we can treat it. Okay. So if you won't even look at your problem, you're not diagnosing it. And so there's no way you're going to treat it. Okay. So that's why she doesn't believe you're going to change because really you're showing her you won't because you're saying, Oh yeah, that's kind of a problem, but not really, you know, I'm going to get to this example again later, but it's like, yeah, you know, I have cancer, but it's not that big yet. (laughs) Okay. No, you say, I have cancer. Then you go treat it. You go take care of it. You take it out. You find out where it's spread to. You get rid of those. Okay. And again, she, when you try to convince her that, you know, your faults aren't that big, her only response is going to be to dig in even harder to her own view of your faults, right? You say, Oh, like, I'm not, you know, I'm pretty nice. I I don't, I don't, uh, say I'm superior to you. You know, I, she's going to find a million examples of when you are okay. She's going to dig in harder to that. So the Aesop's fables, there's the parable of the the sun and the wind, right? There's this guy walking down the road. He has a coat on the sun and the wind make a, make a bargain or challenge for each other. They say they want to figure out who can make this guy take his coat off. So the wind goes first and he he blows this guy. He's blowing super hard. He's trying to blow the coat off the guy. What does the guy do? What do you think he does? Right. He grabs on harder. He won't let go of it. Okay. So the wind fails, right? By trying to blow that off. Then the sun comes out, just shines, right? Just shines. Mm -hmm. And the guy decides to take the coat off by himself. Point being, if you come in there and you're like, hey, you know, my wife, okay, she thinks that I had an affair with three people, I just have to prove to her it was two. Okay. That's like trying to blow that coat off. She's gonna just grab on harder. Okay, he's trying to decrease that. He probably had affairs with five people, ten people. Okay, that's what's gonna happen. Another way to think about it is like a tug of war, okay. If she says, no, it was this, and you're saying, no, it was that, uh, you know, no, you weren't there for me. Yes, I was. Look at all the times I was, okay. It's like a tug of war. The more you argue and pull, the harder she's going to pull the opposite way. So the other thing you've got to do, you've got to calm down that desire to correct her. Everybody has it. When we get accused of something that's not exactly right, all of us just want to correct it. So you have to notice that and you have to just not do it. (laughs) Okay. Stop doing that. So here's what you do instead. So if you want to be genuinely trustworthy, you've got to stop trying to hide or minimize the bad. Okay. In fact, you want to even magnify those like that used car salesman, right? He's like, oh, you didn't see that scratch. Let me, let me really show it to you. Okay. Look close. Here it is. Right. Here's the thing, guys. Don't try to minimize how bad the things are that you've done. You've got to own it. You've got to see it. Okay. An affair. That's huge neglecting her over time. That's huge. Pornography being one up all the time. People get sick of that. Okay. They really are bad. It's like a cancer. It really is. So don't pretend like it's not, you know, these are major car defects, right? The transmission out the motors out, they're not minor. So don't pretend they are or else you can't do anything about it. And your wife's never going to trust you. So instead of telling her how great the steering wheel is, tell her the motor doesn't work, right? Stop trying to draw attention to the little good things you're doing and draw attention to the really bad things that you've done. Okay, here's the the key point. You really need to understand that because of what you've done, this car, it may not be a good purchase. Because of what you've done, you may not be a good person to be married to. And you have to see that very clearly, right? That even with your good, the bad is big, and she may not choose you. And that might be the right decision for her. You have to understand, like, she's come to this decision for a reason. She's not an idiot. Okay. She's come to it because of what you've done. And so you have to see from her perspective and say, shoot, yeah, like, I don't know if I would buy that car either. I don't know if I would want to be married to me either. If I was unfaithful, if I was neglectful, you know, if I was always trying to prove to her that I'm superior. Okay. That's a big issue. And yeah, I wouldn't want to be married to someone like that either and really believe that and see it. So most guys think when they do that, they're basically adding to that negative list. You're saying, Oh boy, I knew I'm adding to all those negatives and that's going to outweigh the positives. And and there we go. But what actually happens is she's like, huh, um, this is different. And she says, well, I already knew all those, but at least now he agrees with it. You're not going to surprise her. I mean, maybe you will. Maybe you haven't revealed something that you need to reveal. Oh yeah. You know, I did have an affair, even though you thought I didn't. Okay. But even that, and it's counterintuitive because you think you're adding to that negative list, but what you're really doing is you're showing her, Hey, I'm someone who can be trusted. I'm going to own my crap. I'm going to own my issues. And I'm going to actually, you know, do something about them, Because if you won't own them, you can't do something about them. Can't change unless you actually diagnose the problem. Okay. So again, understand her viewpoint very clearly. Why is she right to divorce you? Why is she right to separate from you? Why is she right to not have sex with you? Why are you not a good choice? Why are you a lemon of a car? Understand that really clearly. Okay. And another way to think about this, what you've done is like, it's like having a liver cancer, like wanting to be one up all the time. It really is like a cancer, having an affair, neglecting her. It really is like a cancer. So like having a liver cancer. Okay. So you let yourself and you let her know, Hey, I've got liver cancer, you know, and I need to get it treated instead of saying like, yeah, my liver has cancer, but the rest of my body works great. That's basically what you're trying to do with this other strategy, right? You're saying, yeah, this, you know, this part of my body doesn't work, but everything else does, right? It's just not effective. So you acknowledge the issues you let, you know, you tell her what's going on. Okay. That's step one, diagnose, diagnose it, see where all the problems are. The next step, you fix it right? You start to become a good choice. You start to become that car that she's going to actually want to buy. Okay. So here's why this works, right? When you're completely honest about all the negatives, again, you think you're kind of giving her more ammunition to leave, but what you're actually doing is building trust. Okay. You're diagnosing the problems. You can treat it. You're being much less selfish. You're actually starting to care whether she gets a good car or not, instead of just convincing her to stay with you. Okay. You're showing her, Hey, look, yeah, I haven't been a good choice. You might not want to choose me. I've got to fix this stuff. If, if like, if I care about you and I want you to be with somebody, you know, I want you to be with somebody good and I have not been somebody good. So I have to work on that and become somebody good, become a good choice. And when you try to convince her, she's wrong. She's going to dig in even more to her beliefs, that tug of war idea. Oh, it's this way. No, it's this way. She's going to pull more. When you say, no, you're right. It is that way. It's like dropping the rope. And then she can keep pulling and run away or she can choose to stop and, and really kind of assess. But as long as you're trying to convince her, she's trying to pull the other way. So, yeah, and then she can start actually being open to some of the good things about you instead of continually trying to prove her point that she's right and you are a bad choice. Okay, So, again, being honest about not having a working motor, right? It's a good first step, but then because it starts building trust. But then it's about getting that motor working, right? Then it's about you don't just diagnose the cancer and say, "Okay, I'm done. Yeah, you know, I have cancer. Great." No, you go and you start treating it. Or yeah, the motor doesn't work. No, then you go fix the motor. Okay. You become a good choice. You become a great car. Right. Okay? So here's the skills that you need to become a great choice. Gain you need confidence. You need communication. You need to be able to create connection. Okay. So to have real confidence, that's being a man of purpose and integrity who values his wife equally to himself. Doesn't value her more than himself, doesn't value her less than himself. Okay. That one up goes away. And it's not substituted with one down where she's better than you. No, you're both equal. You have to create a whole new relationship that's built this way. Okay. You're a man who sees his fault clearly, works on them, and seeks feedback to improve that guys, that's a man of real confidence. Okay. Not this fake confidence that we kind of see and buy into of this. Like I'm better than you. No. Okay. It's, I know what I'm doing in my life. I'm a man who lives according to what I believe is right. And I get feedback on becoming that man from other people, because a lot of times other people can see it better than you, you know, as a, a marriage coach, that's what I do. I help guys see where, the problems are, right? To help them diagnose, see where that cancer is popping up or these problems are popping up that they don't see on their own, okay? To be a great choice, you also need to be able to manage your emotions without getting angry or defensive, okay? That's a skill, it takes practice. Become an expert at communication, guy who can keep his cool, understand his wife, express himself calmly and clearly and find agreements that work for both of you. Guys, this is the secret to really creating a marriage that you both love, Getting to these agreements that really work for both of you. You need to be a man who can be, a, who's an expert at creating romance, fun, flirting, and intimacy, including sexuality. Guys, with these skills, you can create the type of marriage and life you've always wanted. You really can. I've seen it happen for myself, for the guys I'm working with. It can happen for you too. Even if you're looking at a divorce, even if you're looking at a separation, or already separated, even if there's been an affair, you can do it. Okay, I've helped guys do it. You can do it too. So you can learn all these skills in my program, the Strongman System. It's coming at the end of the month. Head over to mikefrasermd.com. I also do have a few one-on-one spots available to do this work, either as an individual or as a couple, if you're both willing to to do the work. Um, the program is more specifically for guys who their wife does not want to work on it. So that's coming at the end of the month. Watch for that. Have her, head over to mikefraziermd.com if you'd like to get going on some one-on-one work right now, and I will see you there. Stay strong, men. We'll see you next episode. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you did, please leave a review on iTunes and share the episode with a friend so we can help create stronger men and stronger marriages across the world. And if you're ready to take your strength training and your marriage to the next level, Visit strongmenstrongmarriages.com to learn how. I'll see you there.